Hosanna, a fellowship with Christians. Good morning. Welcome to Hosanna. If you're joining us in person, hello. If you're joining us online, hello to you too. Could we stand together? Let's, we're going to open our service by standing together and reading Psalm 136, 1 through 3. And I will start it off. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. Amen. Let's start out by singing about God's goodness, the goodness of God this morning. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days have been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will see of the goodness of God. When he is singing, you know this one by now. Your voice. I love your voice. 
Well, Psalms 30, verses 10 through 12, says, Hear, O Lord, my voice is going there, <laughs> and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me in my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. So let's continue to stand, if you can, and sing this next song, Graves into the Garden.
still loves us just the same, right? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's continue in singing A Thousand Hallelujahs.
stand for this last song. We've done this a couple times now. And uh, sing along if you know the words, if you remember it. morning, Rosanna. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, worship team. That was great. And I was thinking about that, the joys in the house of the Lord. I had a, a visual line to Justin, that's joy, <laughs> playing the drums. I, joy just radiates from him, so... Thanks to everybody. So here we are on August 28th, 
And what's usually the end of August mean? Oh, there's a lot of groans, Jared. I don't know. Um, yes, there's usually a lot of groans at youth group, too. Lot, so, okay. It's back to school. Um, I know for myself, I teach at Millersville, and last week was a huge time of transition. That's the word that kept coming to me. I had to go to bed earlier, so I would be more prepared. I had to do more reading. Um, so I know we have a lot of people, not only children and youth in our congregation, but also adults that are integral into the education of our students. So we, Jared and I want to take some time out on behalf of all of us at Hosanna today to bless you and to pray for you. So what we're going to do is um, I'm going to ask those of you who are students to stand up. Let's have students stand up first. Just stay where you are. There's a couple of students out there. Yeah, I was going to call them out. <laughs> I, can, I can let you do that. But. Um, and then also, we would like to also honor and recognize those of you who are involved in schools in any way. You could be teachers, bus drivers, lunch helpers, aides, um, administration, school board. Um, please stand as well. Because I know we have a number of you. Yeah, yeah, we do. So we just want to take, like I said, a few minutes to, to pray for you as you get ready to make this transition. And you've already started the transition, most of you, um, back into this school year. And um, Jared and I will do that together, but I'll go ahead and start, okay? Almighty Father, um, we want to thank you for all of those here that um, are just playing an integral role in the education of our children and our youth. From Anybody within the, the four walls of a school building, Lord, that just give of their time and their energy and their compassion and their love to students, we ask that your blessing is upon them this year, that you would give them strength, that you would give them stamina, that you would fill their hearts with um, just the love and compassion and right things that they need to know to, to help their students out. We know that they're there to educate and help and guide, but... Um, so many times children come with so, so much and um, you have these adults there in their lives through so many ways to be able to touch them and to guide them. And so we just ask your blessing upon them. We pray for safety um, and we pray, pray for your guidance for them throughout this entire school year. Thank you. And Heavenly Father, I want to lift up specifically all the students going back to school, whether it's elementary school or going back to college. Um, Father, we know this is a really stressful time. It's a time of new beginnings for a lot, and it's a time of endings for some. Um, and it comes in all different forms. And uh, Father, specifically this year, uh, I just want to lift up, uh, well, I just want to pray a blessing out on all the students that they will have eyes to see and ears to hear all the goodness that happens during school. I know right now they're probably not feeling that. They're feeling sad that they have to go back and summer's ending. But um, there's so much goodness. There's so many people that care. Uh, there's teachers, there's parents, there's friends. Uh, and Father, I pray that all of our students will be able to see all those people that love and care about them and that work so hard for them. And uh, Father, I also pray that they'll be motivated to do their studies and that they'll be safe and that they'll be able to listen to their parents all year. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, okay, um, youth can be dismissed now? Yeah, they, youth can. Youth down. and children can be dismissed to their, um, and go with blessings and listen to your parents. <laughs> okay, I don't think I said it when I came up here, but my name is Kelly. Um, Director of Children's Ministries. So if you are new to us today, we welcome you here uh, on behalf of Hazan and hello to all of you online with us today. As we get ready to take the offering, let's take, let's take another moment, just lift um, a prayer up to God. Once again, Almighty Father, we come to you with um, prayers of thanksgiving that we are here today, no matter what our circumstances in our life, that we are here in person or we're listening online and that um, you brought us to this moment, and we pray for this service. We pray for Rick as he brings us the message today that, um, that the words he has to share reach us and touch us, and uh, that we have open hearts to receive. We thank you for these gifts. We thank you for the goodness of your love and of your gift in Jesus. In his name, amen. Okay, we have a few announcements today. Um, 
Reminder that our Change for Change offering, which is our bucket in the back, and just throw the change in that you have. Um, for right now, uh, for July, August, and September, the money in there is going to Henry and Panka in Bulgaria to help them with their um, Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes. So we send them the money so they can purchase what they need for their children. So if you have some extra change, that would be great if you could throw that in there. Also, the adult class um, that's praying always, that's continuing today over in Fellowship Hall and online, 11.15 to 12.30. Whether you've been here or not, you're welcome to jump over and uh, jump in with that class. Also, um, we need your help. We need your help to get the word out about our holiday bazaar that is happening here on Saturday, October 29th. And there are copies of flyers at the Welcome Center. There are two different copies, one to give to any vendor that you know who would like to have a space and sell their craft. It's a really good opportunity for vendors that you know to come with any kind of craft that they may have, so you can give that flyer to them. And there's also a flyer for um, family and friends or one to post in grocery stores or the gym you go to or just help us get the word out that um, we are having that, that bazaar and we, help you, or we thank you for helping us get that word out. Um, today our message is Gospel is Cherishing and it's by our very own Rick McKinney. And uh, I know we all cherish uh, the words that Rick has to share, so. Remember that song. <laughs> How many of you were a teenager when that song came out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Beth and I were teenagers when that song came out. We didn't know each other at that point in time, but we were teenagers. And about four years after that song came out, I think it was probably 1976 or 77, whatever, four or five years after that, we were married, September 30th, 1971. So we celebrated 50 years last year. There are a number of you here who have celebrated 50-year anniversaries. Um, in a couple of days, before that day, before our anniversary, God spoke to me. He said, you don't cherish your wife. She needs to be cherished. She needs to know that you cherish her. And I said, God, you're right. I've loved her for 50 years, but I haven't really cherished her. And I resolved that I would let her know that she's cherished. So we're going to think about gospel as cherishing. And as we think about what it means to cherish, here are some possibilities to treasure, adore, love, value, above all else. One writer said to cherish someone is to hold them dear, to care about them deeply in a way that makes you treasure them and show them how much you treasure them. In this way, the word implies active appreciation. Another writer said, cherishing is first of all love, but one can love without cherishing. Cherishing is an exalted form of love, the highest, noblest, strongest feeling one person can have for another. Cherishing is a love for the other that has come to maturity and to fruition. You know, we all want to be loved. We want to know that there are people out there who love us. But even though we want to be loved, we also want to know that at least there's one person out there who cherishes us, who treasures us, who cares for us. And that's so, so, so important. As we think about gospel is cherishing this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to take a brief walk through the Bible and take a look at some people that God cherished and see how they responded to him. Now, as we think about God cherishing people in the Bible, we're not often going to find the word cherish. Right? It's not necessarily there. But you can tell by how God responds to people and how he treats them and how he treasures them that, that he's cherishing them. And the first people I think it would be good for us to think about are Adam and Eve, right? You think God cherished them? I think so. 
God created them in his image. He gave them a beautiful place to live. He gave them everything that they would need. They walked with him in the garden. They had a cherished relationship with him until that one day. And we all know what happened on that one day. That relationship changed. They were no longer in the garden. They were no longer walking with him in the garden. God cherished some imperfect people who were unable to live their lives perfectly in that relationship that God wanted them to have. And then I think about Abraham. We don't really know a lot about Abraham's relationship with God in the early years, but we do know that somehow he had a relationship with God. And we know that God cherished him because God said, I want to take you, if you'll follow me, and I will give you a land. And I will multiply your people. And I will bless the world. So Abraham followed. And Abraham had a relationship with God. But Abraham, too, was an imperfect man. And there were times when instead of asking and expecting God to protect him, he said that his wife Sarah was his sister instead of his wife. And when God said, I will give you a son, he took Sarah's maidservant in order to have a son. Abraham's relationship with God, again, was imperfect. It's not perfect, but God cherished an imperfect man. And then I think about Moses. Think about Moses for a second. I mean, from the minute of his birth, God's cherishing was right there. God protected him. And then God placed him in Pharaoh's family where he could grow up and be nurtured. God protected him from death at his very birth. And even though he lived in Pharaoh's family, he knew who he was. He knew that he was a child of God. He knew that he was a Hebrew. Can you imagine how many times his mother might have told him, you are special. God saved your life. I don't know what God's going to do with you, but you are special. Hey, Moses was an imperfect man. One day he killed an Egyptian. He had to go out into the wilderness 40 years. We don't know much about his life there. But we do know that he was a shepherd there. We do know that one day God spoke to him and said, I've chosen you. And you think Moses said, I wish you'd choose somebody else. <laughs> you cherish me, maybe you should cherish somebody else instead of me. But eventually Moses came around and he said, God, I'll obey you, I'll follow you, I'll do what you want me to do. He had an amazing relationship with God. He spoke to God face to face. He had an opportunity to, to do something that no one else has ever done in that way. He was an imperfect man, though. He argued with God. He didn't always agree with God. In fact, at one point in time, he did something that Cause God to say, you're not going to be able to go into the promised land. God cherished an imperfect man. And then as we finish up and kind of round up where we're going in the Old Testament, let's think about King David and King Saul. God cherished them. David, shepherd boy. And I think I skipped something here, didn't I? Yes, I did. 
I'm going to come to David and Saul in a minute. I want to go back just for a second because God said to his people, Israel, it wasn't just a single person. It was a nation. God said to the people, he said, you are only a people holy to God, your God. God chose you out of all the people on the earth as his cherished personal possession. God cherished a nation. And you know what? They liked being cherished. In fact, at times, because they were cherished by God, they felt like they were better than others. Problem was, they didn't walk in that relationship with God on a regular basis. Their relationship with God was up and down, up and down, up and down. And we see here in Hosea, their immoral practices will not permit them to return to their God, for the spirit of prostitution is within them, and they do not know the Lord. They do not recognize, appreciate, heed, or cherish him. Again, God cherished some imperfect people. Now, let's think about King David and King Saul. David was a shepherd boy. God cherished him. He was a man after God's own heart. He became king. He followed God for a while. But he had an up and down relationship with God as well. Because he was an imperfect man. And King Solomon... God said to him, I'll give you the wisdom of the ages. And he too followed God for a while. But his relationship with God also was up and down. Because he too was an imperfect man. And then we move to the New Testament, Jesus, who is the expression of God as he cherished the people around him and the disciples. He cherished the disciples. Do you think they believed they were cherished and knew they were cherished? I wouldn't think so. Probably not. What were they thinking? They thought they were following someone who's going to be an earthly king. They argued among themselves as to who was going to be the greatest. They didn't understand his teachings. They didn't understand what he was saying. They didn't understand his parables. And yet Jesus, I know without a doubt, cherished the time that he had with them. He poured himself out into them. He treasured them. They didn't understand it, at least not at that point in time, not till later on. Again, God, through Jesus, cherished and imperfect people. And then we have the woman at the well. You know, the Bible says she'd been married how many times? Is it five? Do you think in each one of those relationships she was looking for someone to cherish her, possibly? What do you think? Maybe. Do you think she found it? It doesn't look like it, does it? Because each one of those marriages ended. And she was an outcast. She was someone who was not received by the people in her community. And she was, as you well know, she was getting water in the middle of the day instead of early in the day because she went when the other women weren't there at the well. Jesus cherished her. Do you think she knew she was cherished? I think she did. She didn't know the word. Because she went back and she told all of her neighbors, I want to tell you about a man who told me everything that I've ever done. Is this Messiah? Now, she didn't use these words, but I'm thinking that she may have felt, not only did he tell me everything I've ever done, but he didn't reject me. He was kind to me. He accepted me for who I am. Again, God through Jesus cherished an imperfect person. And one more. How about the children? Do you think when Jesus had the children come up to him and he placed his hands on them and he blessed them, do you think he cherished them? Do you think he treasured them? I think so for sure. 
And you know what? Those are little kids who don't understand. But the thing about little kids is they know when somebody loves them. They know when somebody accepts them. They know when somebody doesn't turn them away. But were those perfect little kids? Probably not. Again, Jesus, God, cherishing those who are imperfect. So let me ask you this question. We've looked at people that God cherished. Does God have favorites? I'll tell you a story about favorites. I think I've shared this with you once before, but a number of years ago, I have two daughters. Jane lives in Maine. Chris lives in Ephrata. And a number of years ago, I started telling each of them when I had them on the phone, you're my favorite. <laughs> I'd get off the phone with Jane and I'd say, Jane, I want you to know, favorite. I'd see Chris and I'd say, Chris, I want you to know, you're my favorite. That worked pretty well for several months. <laughs> Until Chris decided to tell Jane that she was my favorite. <laughs> and Jane said, well, I am too. Well, that ended me saying that now. That was done and over with. Because they were both my favorites. Absolutely. They're both my favorites. And when you think about it, in John 3.16... We're told that God gave his son so that whoever believes would have everlasting life. Whoever means every single person, everybody. And we see here in 1 Peter 2.9, but you, those who will receive it, are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are cherished by God. Most of us know we're loved by God. Some of us struggle with believing that it's true down in our hearts, but we know that it's in our head. We've been told over and over again, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. Has anybody ever told you that God cherishes you? Maybe. Maybe not. But God not only loves you, he cherishes you because you are his treasure. You are special. Now, for some of us, that's a hard thing to believe. And there are multiple reasons why it's hard to believe. One reason might be that we feel like that we don't measure up. We're not good enough to be treasured by God to be cherished by God. We may feel like there are other folks who are better than us, who deserve, deserve, get the word deserve, okay? Who deserve to be cherished and treasured, but we don't meet that level of deserving. Some of us feel like our relationship with God is not as good as somebody else's. So because our relationship with God, meaning we're not, Excuse me, a good enough Christian. <laughs> we don't deserve to be cherished. And for some of us, we've never been cherished by anybody, or else we've never felt like we were cherished by anyone. I asked Beth, when you're growing up, do you feel like you were ever cherished? And she said, no. I'm fortunate. I know that my parents treasured and cherished me. They never used those words, but I know it. And if you've never, ever been cherished or treasured by anyone, it can be hard to believe and know that God cherishes you, that he treasures you, that you are special to him. And he wants you to know that today. Now, I want to show you a piece of art that's going to go up for auction at Christie's here in the next couple of weeks, okay? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. 
why, this, why, the, why, why might this not go up for auction at Christie's? Maybe it won't meet their standards? Is that a possibility? Or maybe I could take this to one of the art galleries in Lancaster and see if they might put it up for sale. They might not, because it might not meet their standards, by the way. Do you know what this is? That's a subdivision or a city. You see the streets? The black lines are the streets. You see the houses? Uh-huh. I treasure this, because I treasure the eight-year-old little girl named Quinn who made it. And I treasure that little brain that just sat down and started cutting and started, she didn't use paste because it doesn't work as well, so she used tape. <laughs> used a lot of tape, pop, pops, used a lot of tape, that's okay, use as much tape as you want to. I treasure this. I treasure her. Because she created this. She made this. Now, in the world's eyes, is this worth anything? No, probably not. Although I've seen some things that don't even look as good as this, and the world says it's worth something. I don't know. I figure that one out. I mean, who am I to say? I just really, 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 really don't know. But let me say this to you, okay? We've said that God cherished him perfect people. Did you notice I kept using that word over and over and over again? Well, there's a reason for that. Because as I look at you and as you look at me, every one of us here, we're all imperfect. But we are God's creation. And guess what? Newsflash, God doesn't want you to be perfect. You hear that, Joanne? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Some of you struggle with that more than others, okay? Some of you already knew it a long time ago. <laughs> but God doesn't ask us, want us, expect us to be perfect in any way whatsoever in our relationship with him and our relationships with each other, how we live our lives. He knows we're imperfect, and that's what he knows is going to happen. And so it's okay to say to ourselves, I'm not perfect. Now, that doesn't mean we deliberately do imperfect things and get people mad at us, okay? But, but it means that we don't try to be, we try to be the best we can, but we're not going to be perfect. So if God cherishes imperfect people, how many of us does he cherish? Every one of us. How many people here does he treasure? Every one of us. How many people here are special? Every single one of us. I am not more special than any of you. God doesn't treasure me any more than he treasures any of you. The person sitting next to you is no more special to God, maybe special to somebody else, but not to God than anybody else in here. Now I'm going to put a couple of statements up here on the wall. And I want you to say quietly to yourself, I'm changing my mind. We're going to do this differently. I want us all to say this out loud together. I want you to say with me, I am cherished by God. Ready? Let's do it. I am cherished by God. Let's say it again. I am cherished by God. Now, this time I want you to say it like you believe it. I am cherished by God. Now, I have two other statements here. They're not up there. And one of them says, I am special. Say it with me. I am special. Say it again. I am special. Come on, one more time. I am special, and then I want you to say, I am treasured. I am treasured. Again, I am treasured. I am treasured. And then finally say, thank you, God, for cherishing me. Thank you, God, for cherishing me. Okay. Now, for some of you, that's easy to say. For some of you, you really believe it deep down in here. For some of you, it may be hard to say. 
or it may be hard to believe down here. And my prayer for those of you who are struggling with that today, that somehow God would work that down deep into you and you would believe it and know that it's true. So the question to ask ourselves today is this. If gospel is cherishing, which I believe that it is, what does that mean? What does that mean for us? First of all, it means you can cherish God. Hosea 6.3 out of the Amplified Bible says, So let us know and become personally acquainted with him. Let us press on to know and understand fully the greatness of the Lord, to honor, heed, and deeply cherish him. Now, I know every one of you here loves God. I, I don't have any doubt about that at all. Have you ever thought about the fact that you can cherish God? You can treasure God? But let's think about that for just a minute. This is where it gets a little tougher. If you cherish someone, if you treasure someone, what is one of the things you want to do? You want to spend time with that person. You want to be with that person. Now, Jane and her kids live in Maine. We don't get to see them often. But do I want to see them? Absolutely. I want to find time. I want to figure out when and how and where we can go see them. We talked earlier in the summer. Said, is there some time this summer we can get together? And it turned out they were busy this summer and it wasn't going to work. And Jane said... You know, I was going to take the kids to Boston before the summer. Some things came up. It wasn't going to work out. And so I said, why don't we meet in Boston in October when the kids have a day off? So we're working on being able to spend time together. Now, let's think about treasuring God. You're always with God. God's always with you, right? I mean, he's there wherever you go. question is, do we want to spend quality time with God? And that kind of hits me hard because I get busy doing other things and I'm not thinking about needing or wanting to spend quality time with God. So I'll be honest with you. Do I cherish? I love God. Do I cherish God? Do I treasure my relationship with him? If I do, then I'm going, to, I'm going to want, not have to, not should oughta, I'm going to want to spend more time alone with him than I do. But here's the good thing is, God cherishes you. You can choose to cherish God. You don't have to. Understand that, all right? You don't have to. It's your choice. But you can choose to cherish him and treasure him. And it might be something just to think about. But not only can you cherish God, there's someone else you can cherish, and that's yourself. What does it mean to cherish yourself? It doesn't mean to be in love with yourself. It doesn't mean to be egotistical. It doesn't mean to be narciss narcissistic, whatever that word is anyway. If you cherish yourself, then that means you treasure who you are as a person. And if you treasure who you are as a person, there are a number of things that could happen. Physically, it probably means you find a way to take care of yourself. It might mean exercising. It might mean watching what you eat. It might mean getting enough sleep. If any of those are a problem, it might mean you don't cherish yourself for whatever the reason is, okay? How about emotionally? 
If you cherish yourself and if you are taking care of who you are, that might mean setting some boundaries at places where you haven't been setting boundaries. That might mean learning to say no and not always saying yes. It might mean dealing with your stuff. <laughs> Whatever your stuff is. I mean, we all have stuff. Beth sees my stuff all the time. <laughs> but dealing with our stuff, however that means. And it also means taking care of yourself spiritually. And you do some of that by being here in the body. But if you're going to cherish yourself and deal with, care about yourself spiritually, it may mean doing more than that. So we cherish God. We cherish ourselves. But also, you can cherish others. Now, this is something I'm sure that probably, more than likely, I don't know for sure, but more than likely, most of you, if not every one of you in here, probably cherishes someone, treasures someone, your relationship with someone. As I said, I cherish my relationship with Beth. I cherish my relationship with my children. I doubly cherish my relationship with my grandchildren. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> it is what it is. Hey, listen. This summer has been a summer of Quinn, all right? It has been. Because we kept her on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. She stayed home on Tuesday and Friday. So Quinn and I, and Beth, but a lot of times Quinn and I have done a lot of things together. In fact, we went out kayaking on Wednesday. Yeah, we went out, first time this, this year, we went out kayaking, and she enjoyed that. We built a little wooden box that has about 5,000 pieces. I'm serious. <laughs> it felt like it. felt like it, you know. They were punch-out pieces out of this, uh, off, this off of this, this uh, sheet, and you punch, put them all together, and it's a, uh, a jewelry box. We did that. All kinds of things, you know. And we worked on her learning her, um, her notes on the staff, treble clef and bass clef. And we told her at flashcards. And I started off, said, okay, you got eight seconds. Seriously, eight seconds. If you don't know it, it goes to the back. <laughs> it's not bad, not bad. It's, you know, it goes to the back. Then we went to five seconds. And I said, once you know them well, you get to pick what you want for dinner. And then she said, Okay, Pops, but I know you, you and Nana are going to have to approve because if I said I wanted ice cream, you'd say no. <laughs> You're right. She loves spaghetti. So she, she got her flashcards really done well, and she got spaghetti and sauce on uh, the other day, Thursday night, and a Nutty Buddy for dessert. Okay, all right, all right. All right. So the question is, though, as we think about this, you have people in your life you cherish. Is it possible that we cherish people, but we might not be really cherishing them? You know what I mean by that? I cherish you, but I'm not spending time with you. <laughs> I'm not taking care of you in a way that I can take care of you. I'm not doing whatever cherishing means. You know what I'm saying? Cherishing isn't just sitting in a chair and saying, I cherish you. Cherishing involves something, some kind of response, some kind of action. So the question as we think about the fact that we can now cherish others, the question is, is there a person or are there people in our, my life that I cherish, but I'm not really, they don't really know it right now. In other words, I'm, if, I'm not really showing it to them. But I, I do cherish them, but I, I want them to know it. And if that's the case, then it's time to get off the duff and, and do it. Or there may be somebody in your life who needs to be cherished. And God's saying, this person needs to be cherished. They don't have anybody who cherishes them. They don't. 
So we can cherish others. We can cherish ourselves. We can cherish God. And one more. We can cherish life. Now, Joanne, this is your verse here. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever wins respect, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovable, whatever is of good repute, if there is any virtue or anything deemed worthy of praise, cherish the thought of these things. So Joanne had a great message on focus recently, and that was her focus verse. You and I can cherish life. And guess what? If we're having an abundant life, we're going to be cherishing it. If we're cherishing life, we'll probably be having an abundant life. So the question is this. When you wake up in the morning, do you say, oh, God, morning? <laughs> or when you wake up in the morning, you say, oh, God, morning? Same words, same attitude. Now, it doesn't mean we don't ever have bad days. Understand that, please? It doesn't ever mean that there aren't times when there are difficult days coming through and all that stuff. I'm not, I'm not in any way wanting to ignore that and go past that. But even in difficult times, we can still cherish life. Even in difficult times, we can ask God to show us what's going on. Where are you involved in what's happening? Show me, God, how to cherish what's going on right now. It's a difficult time for me. Cherishing life also involves, to be honest with you, it involves all the other things we talked about. Think about it. Because if I'm cherishing life, I'm going to be cherishing others. If I'm cherishing life, I should be cherishing myself more than likely. And if I'm cherishing life and I know that God is life, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to cherish God, aren't I? So it kind of all wraps up together. And we have a big smile on our face. And we say, God... We can cherish it all. Thank you, God. So, as we kind of wrap this up, what I want you to think about this week, maybe just focus on one of these areas. Maybe just focus on, you know, maybe I'm not cherishing God. Maybe this is where I want to spend my time. Or, you know, there are some ways that I'm really not treasuring myself, not taking care of myself. Or there really is somebody in my life who needs to know that they are cherished. Or, you know, I've really been down on life lately. I just really, really, really need to learn how to cherish life. I don't know, maybe. But as you go forward this week, the main thing that I want you to remember is that you are cherished. Even if you don't feel it from anybody else, God cherishes you. God treasures you. You are special to God. And I'm going to leave you with another thought here in just a moment, but we're going to have to say goodbye to those of you who are online. And by the way, you're cherished. Go out and live your lives that way. And we're going to say goodbye to you, and I'm going to leave you guys with this final